Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. In the last series of videos, we covered how to pray so your prayers will be answered. In today's video, we're going to cover how prayers are answered and what are the fruits of answered prayer. More than 24 years ago, I was expecting the birth of my first child. I was also a busy executive working for an international company and I flew a lot. So I was on an airplane flying back to DC from California and I was a little bit miserable. I was busy and I loved my job, but I had a child growing inside and I didn't even know how to be an expectant mother. I wasn't even focusing on the birth of a new child. And I realized in that moment that I really wasn't happy. I knew my life was about to change drastically and I had no idea what that meant. So I decided to take stock and I sat down there and I wrote down a list of all the things that I thought were important that I wanted to have in my life, but didn't have. And as I made this laundry list, it suddenly came to me a Bible verse. You might be familiar with it. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these gifts will be added unto you. Well, I thought that sounds pretty good. I was focused mostly on my wants and needs in the material world. I wasn't really thinking about the kingdom of God. Believe it or not, that rather material start was the beginning of my spiritual quest. And it did start the ball rolling toward what would become, over the course of time, my spiritual awakening and ultimately the total transformation of my soul. And what I'm hoping to do in this series of videos is help you skip a lot of steps that I stumbled through. As was covered in depth in the previous video series, when we pray from the soul, our prayers are answered. But there is something important required. As we're praying from the soul, we have to submit our will to God's will. So we're coming from a place where we're saying, okay, God, I've tried it my way. Let's try your way. So the first thing that's required for prayers to be answered is that we must submit to God's will. Well, you've heard it in a simpler way. Let go and let God. As long as we say, okay, God, I've got it. I'm driving. God lets us. God says, hey, you've got the wheel. No worries. We have to let go in order for God to take over. Imagine you're getting ready to take a trip on a train and you have some heavy luggage. Well, you hike it up onto the train and then the train begins to move, but you never set the luggage down. Well, the train is carrying you both, okay, regardless, but you didn't set the luggage down. 
and so you have the weight of it. It's just like that with our prayers. Once we offer our prayers to our Heavenly Father, it's really important to just let go. In that way, God will be able to carry the whole burden and you'll be free to discern and obey whatever the will might be to help the prayers along. And you can feel safe, really safe and secure letting go and letting God. Some of us who have had the most challenging upbringings, the most challenging childhoods that were maybe chaotic and never felt safe or secure need safety and security so much that we get to where we're controlling everything or we're trying to. And of course, eventually we realize how futile that is because we're not in control. But letting go is hard because it actually engenders fear or anxiety. Oh, I'm afraid to let go because if I let go, maybe something terrible will happen. Well, I want to assure you absolutely that you are perfectly safe letting go and letting God. Once you feel that your prayer has been soulfully offered, let go your heavenly creator loves you more than you love yourself. And not only does God love you more than you love yourself, and God has the power that created the universe, which is a tremendous power beyond our ability to imagine. But that same power also has the awareness, the knowledge, and the intelligence of absolutely everything at all times in all places. So God has what I call positional intelligence, which means always knows how to make the best outcome come about. And God will answer your prayers not only for your needs, but even for your wants, because it is God's great desire for you to be truly happy. God wants you to be healthy, happy, and holy. And God knows how to make that happen. And so when you let go, God has the freest ability to do that. Whereas if you hang on even to a tiny piece of it, that's going to thwart God just a little bit. And remember, too, that not only does God have all the power and all the awareness and all the intelligence and all the knowledge, but God actually created all of the laws and the structure that govern everything that is. So God really is in control. When I think about governance, not too long ago, there was a group of well-meaning, well-intentioned Christians who descended upon the Capitol building because they had a very important message for the senators. And as the senators were walking across the inside of the Capitol dome, where there's a beautiful atrium in there, they shouted out from the gallery, Senators! Your souls are in danger. And you know what? That was a true statement. Well, what I've learned in the messages though, and this is a little bit hard, but a lot more of our souls are in danger than we might imagine. I mean, most of us think that, well, I didn't 
rob uh, anybody or rape anybody or kill anybody, so I'm probably okay. Well, there are levels of that, and we're going to get into that in great detail as this series unfolds, but not so much today. But I do want to call out to you to please consider nurturing your soul growth and putting the kingdom of God first. And I want to encourage you to do that, not the way that I did, where you're thinking, oh, good, maybe I'll get all these little things um, that I want, but where you really are looking and seeking for God, the creator of all that is wants absolutely the best for you. Let me give you an example from my life. So in the previous video, I talked about needing to find a job and how each day I went to God in prayer and I asked God, what do I need to do this day in order to get that job? And it took nine months. Most of those days, God suggested that I just enjoy myself, enjoy my children, enjoy my home, enjoy the opportunity I had to be at home as a homemaker and not worry about it. That was really hard to do because conventional wisdom tells us that I should have been out there pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, handing out my resume, shaking hands, networking, you know, answering every ad, applying for every job, and so on and so forth. And of course, I had done that every other time I had looked for a job. And I do mean every other time I had looked for a job. And what did it get me? Exhausted. And just like what happened when my prayers were answered this time, in the past, when the right position was ready, it rolled around and it just dropped in my lap. So if I had failed to listen to God's will and obey God's will in that moment, I would have lost a lot of really precious time as a homemaker. And it was coming to an end because as a person who was getting divorced and was about to move out of the marital home and go to work full time, I was going to lose that forever. And God knew it. So it was a special time for us to spend time going to the pool and going to the park and doing fun things together. And that time wasn't going to come again. And if I had not obeyed God's will, I may have easily gone out and gotten myself some kind of job, but it would not have been the wonderful position that God had in, in store for me that ended up providing a very good life and not only a very good life, but also an ongoing career that I'm enjoying to this day. So letting go and letting God is a critical part of the step for how prayers are answered. Let's get into some of the mechanics. One of the things that surprised me in the messages was that different kinds of prayers are answered in different kinds of ways. I guess that might not be surprising, but it was to me because I assumed all prayers were answered by God. But that turns out not to be the case. Angels and spirits in the lower spheres answer most of our prayers. The prayers we have for material needs and for healing and for protection and for support and some of the prayers for comfort and guidance 
are almost all answered by uh, loving spirits in the lower spheres, and a few of them are answered by the divine love angels in the celestial realm. God answers prayers that are longings for his divine love and for transformation, development, and growth of the soul. So when we long for God's divine love, it is the instrument of his Holy Spirit that comes and fills our souls with his divine love, gradually transforming us from the human into the divine. And of course, it doesn't happen overnight. It is God who hears your prayers, and he'll dispatch his appropriate angels to answer. And sometimes the angels delegate down to spirits in the lower spheres who are on the divine love path and seeking to expand and grow in their love for God through service. Service to the kingdom of God is a pleasure. So the angels and the spirits are delighted to be dispatched to come to our aid in many ways. And in this way, God and his Holy Spirit and his angels and the spirits of loved ones who have passed over all work together to answer our prayers. Now I'm going to talk in a little bit about what some of the answered prayers look like so you can recognize them when they happen. But first, I wanna just discuss what are some of the fruits of answered prayer. Well, I'm reminded several years ago before my spiritual awakening, but just right about that time when my soul was really starting to wake up and I was searching and seeking and I found some, uh, some spiritual teachers who had some truth and uh, there was an interview that I saw and they were talking about the law of attraction and how you can manifest your desires. And the interviewer was very interested in this topic. And the person being interviewed said, well, that's all true, but it's pretty low on the totem pole. It's kind of low hanging fruit. Um, those are sort of like baby steps. And I just remember being completely stunned. I thought, you're kidding me. That's the beginning? Getting to manifest your desires is the beginning? I can't even imagine where it ends. <laughs> well, today I'm happy to say that I know. So where it ends is, I don't have anxiety. I don't have fear. I'm no longer insecure. I used to be my own worst critic. And sometimes I was critical of others too. And I remember thinking, well, they may not like it when I'm critical, but at least they can leave the room. I'm stuck with me. <laughs> so no matter where I went, I was walking around this constant critic. I was my own worst enemy. But today, I'm my own best friend. And that is not from me. That is a gift from God through answer prayer over the course of quite a bit of time. And I'm hoping that you're gonna be able to skip some steps and not take as much time as I did, because it's not required. If you can jump straight to that soul longing, you'll miss a lot of the agony of maybe the, you know, on your face praying that I was talking about last time. 
So those are the, some of the things that you get to lose. You get to lose anxiety, you get to lose fear, you get to lose self-criticism, self-doubt, insecurity. Wouldn't it be great to drop all that stuff? Also, worrying about loved ones. Gone. I'm not going to say completely gone, but let's just say I quickly take it to prayer and it doesn't fester, which is really good because worry is bad for everyone. Positive fruits of answered prayer are peace, tranquility, clarity, understanding, wisdom, increased faith. And that's a great one because as your faith increases, so does the strength of your prayers and they can be more swiftly and more powerfully answered. Isn't that great? Calm, guidance, love, joy, and some fun things too. Like for example, this morning, I was awakened at 4.30 by the angels singing Ubi Caritas to me. Ubi Caritas is an old Gregorian chant. Uh, it's Latin and it, it basically means where charity and love are, there is God. And I hadn't heard Ubi Caritas in, oh, I don't know, over a decade. And it was just delightful to be awakened by the angels singing Ubi Caritas. And I, I mentioned the 4.30 in the morning because very often angels will wake you up between the hours of 3 and 4 a.m. And if that happens, I strongly urge you to get up and pray because the angels have gifts they want to share. Okay, so I've talked a little bit about the mechanics of answered prayer. I've talked about us getting out of the way so that God can answer prayer. But really, what does it look like? Well, again, some more examples from my life. Um, I was very committed to my marriage. I, and I was married for almost 20 years. I was married in the Catholic Church and I had no intention whatsoever of getting a divorce. Really, I was guided through prayer to get a divorce, and the angels had to work very hard to get me to let go of my marriage. They worked on me for months, and ways that they did it, a lot of times there were numbers, and I wasn't familiar with numbers. I hadn't studied numerology, but I, I suddenly noticed the first thing that happened was I noticed 444. It seemed like every time I turned around, I kept seeing 444. A lot of times it was on the clock, but it wasn't always on the clock. It was other places too. And finally, it kind of sunk into my thick and sort of distracted consciousness that 444 was coming up a lot. And by this time, the internet had been invented, so I Googled it. Let's see what 444 means. And I learned that there are multiple definitions for every kind of number sequence. So one of the things that I did right from the start, and I did have enough of a prayer life at that time to do this, is I did pray about it and try to discern which of the available meanings did I think was the message for me. And so the message that came from me through 444 was stop. Just stop. Time out. Take a step back. Bring it in to prayer. 
And so that's the first thing the angels got through to me with was stop, stop, stop. So they, they kept showing me 444 and every time 444 came up, I obeyed. So I discerned and I obeyed and I stopped and I went off by myself into a quiet moment of prayer and that gave the angels an opportunity to sort of hit the reset button. It kind of meant, you're going off the rails a little bit here and we'd like to readjust you. Uh, the next thing that kind of came up was 333 and it turned out that meant yes, a big divine yes. So when 333 came up, it was a positive move in that direction. Another thing that came up was 1212, and 1212 for me meant you are in exactly the right place at exactly the right time doing exactly the right thing. Another number sequence that came up for me a lot during that time was 123 or 1234, and that meant you're moving in the right direction. Keep going in that direction. And so the angels used these numbers a lot to get through to me. And it was much, much easier for them to communicate with me once I uh, consciously acknowledged that that's what was happening. I said, okay, yes, I hear you, I see you, I'm listening, I'm obeying, I'm following. So uh, momentum was able to build much more quickly then. Other signs happened. So for example, one summer during that period of time, I saw a lot of butterflies. It seemed like everywhere I went, there was a butterfly there and it really didn't matter whether it was a suburban, urban, or a rural setting. Butterflies seemed to be everywhere I went and I, I thought, well, it is summer, so I didn't think too much of it, but I did notice it. Finally, it was so much, I thought, well, I've never seen this many butterflies before and I'm not in any place new. So I finally asked someone, hey, have you seen a lot of butterflies this summer? <laughs> They said no. So I knew at that point, got it. So I looked up what is the uh, spiritual meaning of butterfly. And of course, butterfly means transformation. So at that point, it was my soul awakening period and, and I was having my spiritual awakening and I was being transformed at the soul. And uh, butterfly was a beautiful metaphor for that because remember, You've got your caterpillar and then you have the cocoon state before it's a butterfly. And when you're in that cocoon, you can be, it's dark and it could be uncomfortable and you don't know what's happening and you have no idea that you're going to come out on the other side of butterfly. So it was really nice to get some of these positive signs during what was really a frankly trying time. Another thing that happened during that time was I saw a lot of cardinals. Now, cardinal is the state bird in Virginia which is where I live in Northern Virginia. And so it's not at all uncommon to see a cardinal, but as I have been seeing them throughout my life, I've noticed some things about seeing cardinals. They are hard to spot. The males are bright red and they seem to be self-conscious about how obvious they can be. So they typically hide in the trees. And when they fly from tree to tree, they fly very fast and they're a quick blur so much so that it's hard to even discern their color. It's just a quick flash. The females are more subdued in color and so they're hard to see simply because they do kind of fade into the background. So while cardinals are common where I live, it's not easy to catch sight of one at all, much less a good sight of one. And so I kept seeing cardinals and seeing them well. 
like they would fly slowly in front of me where I could really clearly see them or they would sit on a branch where they were obvious and in clear view and they didn't fly away immediately. And again, this kept happening, so I wondered, is it a sign? If you see it once, you don't know. If you see it twice, you might wonder. If you see it three times, I usually say three times or more, it's yours. So I started seeing cardinals a lot, but I looked up cardinal and it meant strength uh, and courage and things that I really felt that I needed. So I desperately wanted to believe that, but I was also kind of afraid to believe it. So I prayed about it. And I wasn't positive, and the next day I was taking a walk, I was walking my dog, and all of a sudden a cardinal walked out onto the path in front of me and just stopped right in my path. Cardinals don't do that. Pigeons might do that. Sparrows might do that. Cardinals? I've never seen it before or since. So it was really obvious to me at that point, God was trying to let me know I was not alone and I was going to be granted the power, the strength, and the courage that I needed to get through the challenging times that were mine in the moment. Probably the most unique sign that I got during that time happened when I was going to the gym. So I rode my bike to the gym and the gym was in a transformed grocery store. So grocery stores throughout this country are very similar. A lot of them where the entry doors are have an overhang where there are carts so that as you're coming to get your cart, you're not going to be rained on or if you're waiting to load your packages into the car, you can stand there in inclement weather while someone drives the car around. Um, of course, the shopping carts were gone because it was transformed into a gym, but they had put bike racks instead. So I'd parked my bike there and locked it up and went and did my exercises. And when I came out to get on my bike, I had my water bottle with me and there was still quite a bit of water left in it. And it was common for me if the water was almost at the bottom to tip my head all the way up and tip the bottle all the way up so I could get the very last drop of water. But this wasn't the case. There was quite a bit of water in that bottle. And I went to take a sip and all of a sudden my head flew back. And I kid you not, my head flew back. I did not feel that I put my head back. My head flew back and next thing you know, I'm looking at the ceiling. I'm looking at the ceiling directly above my bike. That would not happen under normal circumstances. I had no reason in the world to look up. I don't even feel like I did look up. I feel like something moved my head so, you know, kind of forced me to look up. And directly over my bike was a praying mantis. And it literally looked like it was praying over my bike. This did not even make sense. There was no vegetation anywhere to be found. The parking lot was paved. There was cement under my feet. There was a brick building. There was cement overhead. There were no vines or plants or anything. There was no vegetation. And praying mantises are not that common here. They, they do exist, of course, but it's kind of a treat when you spot one. They're just not, they're rare. I've never seen a praying mantis like that. And that day, 
I desperately needed a sign that God really loved me, and wouldn't you know, there was a praying mantis right over my bike. So I've given you some examples of little things, and could they be coincidences? Well, there are some people who would believe that all of that was coincidence. But I can tell you that from my experience, once might be a coincidence, twice you could be unsure, three times, it's yours. And that's how I've been guided over the years. There's another really beautiful fruit of answered prayer, and that is patience. As we pray and our faith grows, we learn to trust that God will take care of us. As we trust that all will be well, we gain patience. And patience is beautiful because you know, we have these things now, we're clear and we're patient, we're calm. That means we can enjoy our lives in the moment. And it's a beautiful, beautiful fruit. And not to be underestimated, as subtle as it may be. Perhaps one of the most precious gifts of answered prayer or fruits of answered prayer is freedom from the bondage of sin. Freedom from doing things that we just know in our heart of hearts aren't in support of our best and highest good. There's lots of things like that, and I don't need to name them. Your soul will tell you. But there are many ways to be in bondage. We can be in bondage to a variety of addictive substances. We can even be in bondage to things that are addictive we may not know are addictive, like sugar, for example. We can be addicted to unhealthy actions, or we could even just be addicted to something that simply doesn't serve us well, like perhaps uh, a particular television show that keeps us from doing something that might nurture us or nurture someone else or serve us or serve someone else better than sitting to watch that particular show. You will know as you pray through your soul what's keeping you in bondage and through prayer you will be freed from that bondage. The compulsion or the pull or the drive to do things we know we'd be better off not doing or the lack of momentum to do the things that we know would serve us well, those are types of bondage that we can gradually, a little bit at a time, become free of through our prayer. And the way that that prayer is answered is that that bond or those bonds will be broken quickly and easily for you when you let go and let God. So you won't even have to necessarily go through a long, drawn-out exercise. It really depends on a lot of factors, but primarily your will, your faith, and your willingness to submit to God. So here's an example of what it might look like to submit to God. Back in 1998, which was after the birth of my second child, I had experienced some success in seeking first the kingdom of God, enough that I knew I wanted more. And I finally thought, you know, I keep telling myself, and I even had told some other people that God is at the core of my being. But I thought, you know, I don't put God at the center of anything. 
God might be the core of my being, but I don't prioritize God. So I made the commitment right there and then that I was going to begin each and every day with prayer. Each morning I would awaken and I would commit my soul and my day and my life for that day to God. And this is best done before dawn. Now, don't let that put you off. If you're not a morning person, any time of day will do. I'm only throwing that out there because if you find yourself continually waking up at 3.33 or some other particular time that seems to be ridiculously early for you, rather than feeling frustrated or even frightened that you may not get through your day, why don't you have a little faith or just try and experiment and get up and light a candle and say some prayers. And you can always go back to bed afterwards, but see if that doesn't transform your day. See if maybe you don't just go ahead and get up and have the best day you had in ages. I strongly encourage you to try it. When you pray, God will help you God will not make you do anything. God will help you choose wisely. He will not make you choose wisely. Free will is always paramount. You're always in the driver's seat. So if you want God to be in the driver's seat, you have to lay that will down and tell God you've done so, and then you've got to let go. And the prayers are answered in measure with our faith and with our commitment and our ability to let go. So a little bit of faith, a little bit of prayer, a little bit of commitment will yield a little result. A little more will yield a bigger result, more a bigger result, and so on. So you'll be able to see the progression and you'll be able to tell where you stand and keep working at it. There's something else I want to share that I think is particularly important. I want to give you a little caution before I close out this video. Chase the giver, not the gift. What I mean by that is just like in the beginning when I told you that I was seeking the kingdom of God, I really wanted all those things to be added unto me. I wasn't really seeking God in that moment. But as I learned to seek God, I realized that God really just loves me and wants a relationship. And when I'm inviting the actual relationship, when I'm chasing the giver, just the giver because I want to be with God, that was a much richer, more beautiful experience than when I was chasing the gifts. And the other thing that I just want to point out is we think about you know, we are human and God is divine and we're not the same. But the soul is similar. And as we become at one with God through our prayers, we realize that God has a lot of emotions with which he has gifted humanity. For example, joy and love and sorrow and grief. God feels these emotions too. And when we think about our relationships here, would we want someone who was chasing after us because of what we could do for them 
or what we could give them all the time? Wouldn't that get old? And not that God ever gets tired of us, because he doesn't. He loves us like the little children that we are. But as we mature, wouldn't it be nice to just seek God out for company? Just seek the presence of God, not asking for anything in return, and just saying thank you. Or perhaps just appreciating all the blessings we've already received. Dear sibling, you matter so much. I care about you. God cares about you. And the best of everything is waiting for you. And when you come to God in prayer, you will find that you will become happier in the here and blissful in the hereafter. That's worth chasing. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.